0: Hello, I'm your host, Gabby, and you're listening to Diversity Alliance Talks, the show where we discuss and address those common and sometimes uncommon challenges that need prioritising and authentically working towards to have a real change that impacts society through the events we plan and deliver. To help us on the journey, we speak with diverse people who have lived experience of how inclusivity, equity, and accessibility directly affects them in the workplace, events, and beyond as well as speaking with experts who work to make those communities' experiences better so that we can learn from them. Diversity Alliance Talks is about sharing ways for our listeners to develop awareness, knowledge, understanding, and empathy, helping individuals and organizations to put in place authentic practices that instigate change. Events have the power to educate, change society, and potentially change lives. So, let's go.
1: Focus for Diversity Alliance, but also in the inclusivity calendar, as it were, is about honouring men. And I yep. was particularly touched by this particular subject matter and the fact that we are focusing on this because I've worked quite a lot with or been approached quite often by white male leaders, or men in general, around how they can engage with EDI, number one, but also reaching out have to say that they sometimes feel unheard yeah sometimes attacked and that they have to always put on this kind of front of strength when actually sometimes they need to be vulnerable too mm. um and i felt that found that really interesting and i feel like it's about time that we did hear um from the men of our industry and the men in the business world to yeah. talk about what we can do to support each other how women can support men how men can support men and actually what is going on like in men's heads because also a woman I don't know um, <laughs> I'm also not that bothered but no, no. <laughs> at least you're honest there Gabby <laughs> no I'm, I'm um I'm interested in this sort of like capacity but definitely not of in a course. dating one I'm like you crack on pal whatever yeah. you um, <laughs> just to clarify that and um, so got a wide range of really interesting guests and I've known you for a number of years mm. worked with you for a number of years you were actually there at the beginning of my events career actually and
2: I remember yeah. that well yeah. god yeah, that was warm, uh, God,
1: yeah, that we was
2: were. that was an egg wasn't it if I remember yeah. correctly yeah god many yeah. moons ago yeah yeah
1: I just remember you were like really easy to get on with oh and- bless you yeah and just enjoyed your company and so I thought you'd, you'd be a Oh, thank you. And I thought you'd be a great guest on this because from a different perspective, mm. the background that you have that, we're going to delve into a little bit more and actually experiences that you've had in our in our communities, education, education system and also in the professional world. So why don't we kind of jump back to um, an earlier conversation that we had actually, which was, and I loved this because it's true, that when you see those questionnaires or those surveys with ethnicity boxes, you like, I don't know
0: which box
1: to it, tick. I don't know how many boxes to tick. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, about it that. Uh, and, and
2: it continuously absolutely. changes, doesn't it? I, I mean, it's, I, I remember, you know, from a very young age when you had to fill out like a UCAS form or something like that. And it asks you, you know, your ethnicity background. Mm. And being Asian, there wasn't really, I was, I mean, I always uh, classified myself as being British. I was mm. born in in Britain, but then, you know, to see me, it's like, well, what's your ethnic background? Okay, so my ethical background is from where my parents come from, naturally, mm. and so you, you t- you've got Asian, and then you've got, but Asian also like is that there, there wasn't really a a box for for uh, you know for Far East um, countries, you know, they had China, they had Japan. But what about all the other countries that are surrounding there? And then under was other, and then is other, please specify. And I thought, well, okay, Filipino then. But yeah. then why, it, it, and then and then the next form changed again, and it was all different, you know, tick boxes. And I'm like thinking, God, it's it literally is kind of like, you're putting everybody into labels again. And it's, it, it, but this is society, and this is how we kind of, you know, um unfortunately put silos up um, mm. by labelling people. Um,
1: how how challenging for you growing up and even now has just identifying I'm gonna say something silly here, identifying and describing your identity. Yeah, that did make sense. Yeah. Like, no, how many um impact has that had, if any
2: it was uh it was challenging sometimes i mean coming from the second generation filipinos that came over and when i was growing up there was not much known about filipinos um you know we my parents came over uh at the height of when there was a a need for nurses um Mm. and it was. That's a
1: familiar story
0: now. Even now,
2: it is. It, it, it is happening again. Where the floodgates are, you know, we require more, more nurses. But mm-hmm. there was a big surge of Filipino migrants back in the late seventies of people coming over from the Philippines because they were a lot of them were trained as nurses in the Philippines because it was one of the very um, big um, occupations that a lot of you know adults did back then um, and I was kind of almost put in that sector that your parents were nurses naturally um, right. but also cleaners as well um, and that kind of really hit a nerve with me one time when I was very young um, and I went and I was lucky enough to go to a private school because my parents worked silly hours to put me through private school and I remember vividly this boy in my class who was very wealthy, lived on the road next to Millionaire's Road, which is known as Bishop's Avenue in
0: London. Bishop's Avenue,
1: walking walking down there going, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the houses there are fantastic.
2: (laughs) But out in the playground, when we were all playing, nothing to do with what he said next. He just turned around and said, I saw your mum this morning. She was cleaning my room. Oh, that kind of really, as a child, I then felt really, really small, mm-hmm. and it still to this day echoes in the back of my head. But like, why did you need to say that? What what benefit benefit was it? And yes, it can be excuses. You know, we were kids, and you don't know those barriers quite yet. But I remember me myself, so young, feeling like I don't belong here because mm-hmm. I've got going to school with, with, with you know, with. Um, parents who were lawyers, solicitors, had their own firms, you know, people who had huge businesses, who had second homes in like Saint Tropez and going on luxury <laughs> holidays. Um, and there's <laughs> little, sorry, sorry
1: go
2: on. Um, and then there's little me just with my, me and my parents who, you know, was a nurse, both of them were nurses to begin with during the day and then had to do part time work and clean houses after their main job to just kind of help us get through
0: so
1: thank you for sharing that i've got a question for you um how do you think that experience then went on to shape your experience through the rest of your your school years do that's, you think?
2: um i felt very much that i had to prove myself um that i did belong and i had to become the tough guy in the school the the guy that everybody wanted to be in Lowell's gang.
0: Right.
2: Um, the guy who at parties it's not a party unless Lowell gets there. <laughs> because that was my that was oh. my mask. That was my mask to kind of shield myself. Mm. And and you know when my friends would come over and stay we lived in, in, in North London and my parents still do live in North London in um, the Harringay Ladder. It was, you know, not even a quarter the size of some of the houses that my friends would, you know, when I went to stay at their houses. And in some ways at the start, I was a little bit embarrassed about it because oh, God, as, as you as a child, you think like, why why don't I have a big house? Why are my parents not? You know, and later on, obviously in life, you realize, you know what? Those things don't matter because mm-hmm. later on, as I grew up, my um, my. My confidence started to grow and i found that my my classmates enjoyed coming around to my house more than me going around to them because it was again something different for them they were in the real world as such you know (laughs) um they experienced things that they 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 never experienced you know like sharing a room with your brother for example or you know why does your aunties live with you as well you know, and my, I lived with two aunts as well in that house and, you know, and it was, it was, yeah, it, it was,
1: uh, it's so interesting. It, yeah, it really is. I was thinking back to a time, um, I remember I went around to a friend's house after, after school one day and she, they were quite well off, not hugely, but you know, they had a nice big, big Victorian house and one room did have like a pool table and a, a pinball machine, I remember, and I was obsessed with going on this pinball machine. Yeah. Um, and I must have been about nine, back in those days, like you could walk around by yourself, like you walked to school by yourself, like yep. we did walk to school by ourselves and, and, you know, go out by ourselves in the neighbourhood as long as you kind of got back before it was dark, was mm. you usually, usually were staying. And I went around to my friend's house and I don't know how, I lived with my grandmother at the time, and I don't know how my grandmother found out I was around my friend's house, but she came round to knock for me and collect me. Um, and my, my grandmother actually suffered from schizophrenia, so wasn't great necessarily looking right. after herself and obviously clearly had mental health issues. And I just remember the shame I felt when she came to the door. And now I look back and I feel awful because I have a better understanding of uh, what her was. But as a kid, yeah. you don't get it, do you? You don't, you don't.
2: You, I don't you, want you've... to be
1: different. I don't want to be different to everyone else or for people to think I'm less than. Um, yeah, yeah. I had that shame, which now I'm ashamed of having that shame. but. but I, I, I,
2: I, I I I so can relate to that. I mean, mm. believe it or not, but I was I, I I hated my name when I was young because it's of unfamiliar name. Lowell. Who else do you know that that has got a name like Lowell? And I, in my head, I was like, why couldn't they just name me like a simple name like John, like David, or or <laughs> or, 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 or a simple British name? Why do you have to be so different? Yeah. Um, but now. As you get older, you realise, you know what, that those those differences is what makes me me. You know, me having my exotic name now, mm. that people tell me, well, "Oh, that's a really nice name," you know. And I'm like, do you know what, it is a really nice name. Exactly. And I'm and, 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 and I'm now thinking, thank you, mum and dad, for naming me me. But as a child, you just don't. You 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 you're so pressurized to try and fit in to everything that's around you mm. and it, 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 it's difficult i know with kids and the pressure that's put on kids nowadays with social media and things yeah. they see on tv they have to fit in and to mm. be different is something that's frank no it's not it, it, <laughs> you know it's it, we we've got to start at, at at i think you know at the childhood stage to yeah. teach kids that you know, diversity is good. You mm. know, inclusion is good. Not mm. when people are universities, and because that's what a lot of companies do—they go into universities and do it at mm. that level. And I think it needs to start far, far earlier than that. It does,
1: but you know what? I feel like it needs to start with educating the parents, though, because at the end of the day, as a kid, yeah. you pick up on what you hear the adults say, you pick Absolutely. up on surroundings, you pick up on facial expressions and body language when you mm. see their reaction to something on the TV or a piece yeah. of news, and yeah. And that's the stuff we pick up on as children that I think parents yeah. don't realise So actually I kind of almost think that, until, no offence, but until the next generation have gone, <laughs> there's still going <laughs> to be a little bit of that because I feel like millennials are a bit more, particularly younger than millennials are a bit more flexible on this. Gen, Gen Y, Gen Z are, are definitely much more all over this and I feel yeah. like being a bit different now is encouraged and celebrated, and actually people stick up like I see younger people stick up for each other a lot more around their sexuality around their gen, gender array, I way think they I, like. I, I
2: agree so much I think the whole allyship is mm-hmm. so much more seen with uh, you know the Millennials now because mm-hmm. they kind of a, a bit more accepting of each other
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, whereas I know back then you were you were put in a silo you were put in a you know in a box Mm -hmm. and that's how people are meant to perceive you because you're that type of person or you're that color or you're that religion or you know and and unfortunately we are we are you know taught to judge people um and it's something that we need to try and Unteach, um, you know, yeah, right. it, it, when you see someone walk down the street, you immediately have this perception of what they're going to be like or what they're going to say or what even their religion is sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it, it, you know, when you get start speaking to them, you actually realize there's nothing like what you thought they were going to be, mm-hmm. that they are probably more like you in many ways yeah
1: exactly. i agree and i think um one thing i would like sort of unpick there a little bit is that it's quite normal for us to make a pre-judgment on somebody based on you know just looking at them or hearing them because it was evolutionary right we did it to protect ourselves so we could yeah. stay alive so that that unconscious thinking and i'm not saying unconscious bias here, i'm just talking about that unconscious thinking or analyzing it just happens naturally through evolution
0: it Does the yeah. key
1: is uh, whether that's chosen family, whether that is family that we're born with or grew up with, mental health is important. It's a crucial element of that family unit, whatever that looks like, right? Because we have wives, brothers, um, partners, sisters, nieces, nephews, and actually a man's health and how it impacts them can actually impact that family unit or even that friendship circle yeah. or even that work environment. Yeah. Um, So what I would want to know is like, is there any experience that you've had or conversations that you've had with loved ones about mental health challenges or, or difficulties? Yeah, any conversations that you've had, or is that something that perhaps being, you know, second generation or first generation sorry you British born that's something that's not addressed with you know parents who weren't born in the UK I'd like to know either way I I
2: think I think it is very much more the the latter of what you said Mm. um you're um and being you know second generation I I, I'm a person who wears my heart on my sleeve I'll tell you how I feel I'm the type of person who bloody cries at EastEnders when there's a sad moment you know (laughs) um but from you know you know, my, 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 my parents' generation um, was very different. You, you know, emotions weren't really shown as such. If you were upset, you, you never really were, not necessarily allowed to, but it wasn't kind of accepted that you were feeling sad or I don't like myself at the moment, because it was always then shunned to one side and said, oh, stop being silly.
1: Yeah. or,
2: you yeah. know, or, or, or you, you know, you'll, you'll be fine tomorrow, or, you so know. How did
1: you become good at expressing your emotions then, do you think? Where did that come from then? If you I, come h- from this, I I
2: always, have- I, I had to teach myself, really, that in every situation, it's it, there's always a result, and you have to make that conscious decision of how you're going to use that experience, whether it's going to be negative mm-hmm. or a positive way and there are so many situations where you know uh, 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 an occurrence has happened or you know uh, a child has done something wrong oh it's because they were brought up that way or and later on in life they do something really bad or but you know they were treated really bad as they were young which is yeah acceptable to some degree but that individual has that decision to make well yeah i was treated like this when i was young does that mean then I have the excuse to treat others badly
1: yeah. but Mm.
2: I don't think uh, it it, it should be that it should it should really be and then this is me is that try and find the good in everything because yes what you're experiencing is painful and hurtful
0: Mm. but what
2: am I going to do so that the next time this happens to someone else I don't do what that person did to me to make them feel like i felt and it's difficult it really is difficult to take yourself away yeah
1: and you have to have that self-reflection piece and you have to be able to be honest with yourself and actually just take a moment to sit down and identify why you're why you feel a certain way is it a behavior pattern or a coping mechanism from when you were young has this person actually really done anything that's that bad or to offend you yeah and you need to understand yourself better, I think, to be able to let empathy for other people. Absolutely. to understand how you react to situations. Yeah,
2: and, uh, and I'm still learning every single day, you know, now that I'm, you know, a father of, of two lovely boys, um, there are situations that I think when I was growing up, you know, oh, when I, you know, when I'm, when I'm a dad, I'm not going to be like that. But then sometimes I hear <laughs> my dad in me and uh, but uh, but that's just because um we are a product of our of our upbringing of our society and you, i have to take a step away and say i oh, remember that time Lowell, that you said you're not going to be like that and you do I, I i find myself going into that situation you know because yeah. kids will be kids they drive you up the wall you know
0: yes. but
2: you have to kind of like step away and and I always say sorry to my kids if I upset them. They've been naughty. I shout at them, never yeah. smack them. Oh, God, I'm, when I was younger, I got whipped, <laughs> you oh, know? Was <laughs> out. Like. I, I think that was it. <laughs> Slippers <laughs> were out, that was it, you know? But I've never, never smacked my kids. And I always said I, I never would. And that's the one thing I'm grateful for. I was smacked when I was a kid, when I you know, was naughty you know but i always apologize to my kids if i've shouted at them because i think it's important to say sorry when you've hurt someone regardless of what they've done
0: yeah to say sorry
2: to say i didn't mean to hurt you is a massive thing those three words i am sorry can mean so much to someone
0: Mm. if you
2: go and and hurt someone even it's by accident You know, and don't say sorry. That person is scarred. That person sees you in a different way, um, in a different light.
1: I would add on to that as well. The reason why you reacted in the way that you did as well, so that I'm saying the words "I'm sorry" is incredibly important. Because some people skirt around the apology thing, and like, yeah, oh, well the reason why. But the sorry piece needs to come first. But then also explain why you acted in that way right. and how it yeah. can change in the future yeah. is really important. So we talked about we talked about the family unit a little bit. Now talk about friendships. I'm always interested in friendship groups and best friends when it comes to men, because as women, quite often you always have like a best friend and you have like a girly friendship group and we've got that like support mechanism and support network around us i'll be interested to learn of your approach or even what you've observed about the male approach to kind of friendships and friendship groups and how you support each other i think
2: with 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 and it is very much you know a lads 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 kind of situation (laughs) when you've got a bunch of friends together you know lads will be lads and You know, I've had friends who I've, you know, not friends with because they've changed over time and that's quite sad and, you know, it's quite sad because I see a lot of people who, I don't know, sometimes even choose their friends over their loved ones And, 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 and don't get me wrong, they have their own reasons too but mm-hmm. when, when, when you're and I, and I, I had a, f- a very very close friend of mine who I thought would be my best friend for life, you know, did everything together, um, but for I mean, we grew apart and that really really hurt me, to this day it still cuts me up, because I think that that bond that you have when you're you, you know, you're a man and, and you grow up together, you see that on, on TV and movies and you're like brothers for life
0: yeah.
2: and I always thought that and it just wasn't the case. Um, so,
1: just if you're comfortable, explain a little yeah. bit, perhaps why you drifted apart from this friendship and how feel.
2: Uh, I personally think that it was because I kind of like was at that stage where I was ready to to grow up um, and not just go out partying every single weekend and drinking and all that. Um, and I, uh, I I found. Um I found my wife <laughs> um i um you know my girlfriend, obviously at the time, and mm-hmm. I wanted to spend a lot more time with that person um mm-hmm. and less with my friends, so in a kind of way, yes, it was kind of like I would say my fault, but I mean that's mm-hmm. what happens in life though, doesn't it, and expect your friends to just kind of like still be there and be around and support you and you know um but
1: that's such an interesting one because i think a lot of us who have very very close friends probably go through that different stages particularly when we're finding our life partners where you know you are going through that honeymoon period you know which lasts about two years let's be real (laughs) (laughs) and it's all like or less
2: or less for some i don't know
1: (laughs) and um and I think as a and it's something that I've had to learn is that a friend, it's not it's not a reflection on your friendship or a necessary reflection on how you feel about that that friend or that person. It's just mm. a moment when you're investing in in your future. But I think it, it's, it's exactly. being on that side where I've been dropped, you know, yeah. for I think if the conversation had been more open and we'd spoken about it, there wouldn't have been as much of an issue. I would have under, understood and yeah. And I think it's something that we don't
2: talk about. I can imagine men talk about that even even less. Oh, my God, it's not even it's not even, you know, you you don't even talk about it. Um, Mm. I mean, men are somewhat, I would say, a lot more forgiving to other men for small Mm. things. But when it comes to, you know, the the code, the, the bro code, it's, uh, it's it's a lot more. No, 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 no. Who is this that's come between us? You know, you know, oh, yeah. I was your I was your your boy first. I was your friend first. And it's, it, I, you know, and, and I do see it from 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 their point of view as well. You know, we were very close. You know, I was yeah. his wingman, as you call him. Um, and, it, you know, to then suddenly go, well, now I'm by myself you know and then it is challenging it is hard but like you said if there was a conversation that we could have just had about that that would have been probably resolved it and and but but i don't know it might not have i mean
1: so yeah. how do you think then and i think this is probably hypothetical because obviously you haven't had the opportunity to do that or maybe you have had the opportunity to do that with somebody else would be a family member or another friend How do you think that conversation could have taken place? Or what would have made having that conversation with your friend easier, do you think, on both sides? What could you have done, what could he have done?
2: Uh, I could have actually maybe actually taken the time to just, you know, pull him out to one side and actually say, look, what's going on, rather than reacting how I reacted and how then he reacted, but because, men beat their chest and 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 they they never like to talk about their feelings Mm. Um, and especially you know when especially when the the other person is is on on the attack mode and doesn't want to listen you're then put on the attack mode and you don't want to listen before you know it what's meant to be like a harmonious conversation to try and build back our friendship suddenly becomes another big argument and then and it just becomes a cycle to the point where it becomes is it too late now to to even have that conversation too much has happened now mm-hmm. to have that conversation we are both now two different people we're not like we were 10 years ago um mm-hmm. that person is gone i've changed my beliefs and the way i live my life has changed to where i was and that person might not understand that mm-hmm. um and I think that's what's that's the difficult thing, but it's a difficult one because if it was like a bit of a sliding door situation, it would have been very interesting to see how it would have gone, or even if we had, or even if we would still be friends, and I would have just. Gone off on a different path, and so would if he. If I hadn't met my my wife today, do you know what I mean? If mm. if that 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 little moment in time where I didn't meet my wife and that didn't exist, would we still be friends? And what will that friendship be like now? Will it still be the same kind of, or will it be completely different and mm. something worse? I, I I don't know. Yeah, but it's, um,
1: it's interesting, one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you? I don't want to say found a replacement because that sounds wrong but have you found another relationship that is perhaps quite similar in like having that trust having that banter sharing time spending time together have you managed to find that again with- um
2: I don't think I've ever had found that again in 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 another in another another guy um because i (laughs) just cliche but my 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 best friend is my wife i mean there's no one else i'd rather spend my time with and it's funny because like you know you hear all these things um you know during the pandemic and the lockdown and couples that were forced to kind of like be in the same room for like 12 hours on end yeah and i and then me and the wife would turn around to each other and gone we've never really had that issue we've never really had that kind of we're at each other because we spent so much time with each other and i think it's because very much so we're we're yin and yang we're complete opposites of each other Mm. um Mm. and if and if and i quite often say this and when when we have a few glasses of the vino we (laughs) often say if we were put on these you know these 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 apps these dating apps of what you like what music you like what religious background you're oh, from no way you choose each other no way no way i mean she likes you know house and techno i'm an r&b kind of guy you know <laughs> i like you know i i, I like you know chilling out she likes going out i mean god why would you ever put these two it's it's a match made in hell you yeah. know and, <laughs> and but, but but it's not because because then this is what i was saying if you can understand where that person's coming from and you find that actually you don't need i don't need another person who is me i don't want to look in the mirror and date myself oh, or somebody yeah. who's going to bring out the parts of me that i don't have you know the the ideas that she has and the i was very much uh very cynical about the whole tax situation sorry to bring this in it's probably boring, no, 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 it's boring. but oh i when i was young and i was always because um, of, of of a conversation I can't remember where but I always used to say oh god the tax man's coming along he's come to take my money again oh great tax man's here he's taking you know but then the wife turned around to me and said well if you think about it if you didn't pay this tax and you had to go to the hospital tomorrow mm-hmm. think about that it'd be like how lucky we are mm-hmm. that we can just walk into our local doctor and get a prescription get the medication go and see a professional Whereas a lot of countries, especially in the Philippines, mm. God, I mean, you, I think for, for a paracetamol, it's like five pounds for one tablet for five pounds. And it's it's yeah. ridiculous. And so you're out there and you're like, whoa, okay. So, and things like that, that she just like enlightened me and made me see things in a different way. I remember so well, and I'm a bit ashamed of this, but I remember, I thought it was a chewing gum or wrapper or something. And I threw it on the floor waiting at the bus stop. Yeah. Being being the the silly boy that I was, she immediately picked it up and she said, don't do that, put it in the bin. And I said, why? You know, someone's going to, you know, the usual lad. And then I thought to myself, that's the reason why you're going to be the mother of my child, because you're going to teach her the right things. You're going to teach them the right things to do.
0: Mm. You know, and
2: she brought so much out of me that there's only positives. Um, And again, it's like, have I found that friendship again? Yes, I have in in a way, but even better, Mm. you know, um, even more. Mm.
1: Um, I think that's what relationships are about, whether it's friendships or, you know, romantic relationships in that they should kind of add to our lives and should help us to be the best version of ourselves. give us different points of view and teach us things that we we don't know. As you said, we don't need a yeah. of of ourselves. That we're not exactly. going to be a human being or a person in that way. So yeah. I think that's really good that you highlighted that. I'm going to go back to the friendship piece, though, because how difficult I know. I know what my perspective is on this, but I like to hear male perspective. How difficult is it when you get to the kind of like married kids or you get to that kind of like middle aged um, To make actual friends how easy or difficult is that and from your experience
2: i think it is a lot more difficult because men i don't know i mean men can be just as picky sorry forgive me for saying this but just as picky as women are when it comes to friendship because you know they always say that you know men get on along with men but they get on with other men a lot easier i think but whether or not it's a true friendship,
0: that's yeah. another thing.
2: Whether it's a deep-seated friendship, that's another thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I you found... can tell
1: someone your not your deepest, darkest secrets. But yeah, when you go with something that is, you know, quite deep, quite yeah. challenging, something that's bothering you. You have to have so much trust. Oh, to be vulnerable with that person. I
2: mean, I, I I remember, you know, my my wife having a friend who well, we thought was a friend and. know she ended up to be quite toxic and i thought but though she was so she was she was so welcoming to this individual and and so nice and so lovely and you know and i thought you know what that's that's nice and we were welcome but she ended up being quite toxic to to the relationship to the outer friendship group as well which Mm. then kind of like you think i'm gonna be i'm questioning myself now on judgment on on a judgment basis that Did I read that completely wrong? Did I not see the telltale signs that they were not the right person for my life at my time? Mm. Because if my friends who have been friends for years don't like them, is that a telltale sign or something? But then you try Mm. and try not to second guess yourself because you want to prove that you, you, you know, you make the right decisions.
1: Yeah, but I feel like yeah. everyone comes into your life to teach you a lesson, whatever that might be, right? So That is
2: true, that is so very, very true. Probably,
1: or he probably, she? She, she. she yeah. yeah, she's yeah. probably taught you something, a skill or a lesson or something about yourself that you've taken yeah. off now. So yeah. I think we can never look at these things as like totally a waste of time or as toxic, you know?
2: You're right, you are right, because I mean, you, you like, I, like I said earlier on, you've got to see, what you can take away from that situation and make mm. a positive out of it because if you continuously harness every bad and every single time that someone did bad to you you then become this toxic mm. person yourself yeah. you know you've just it's got like a more
1: grey portrait in the attic yeah. like beautiful on the outside correct estering away exactly. exactly and i love
2: that
1: sort of analogy yeah so talking a little bit about you know, the importance of being able to have empathy for your fellow human being. And then in order to cultivate, I guess, bonds, um, authentic relationships requires vulnerability. Um, And I think we talk about empathy and vulnerability a lot in um, our personal lives, but when it comes to business, there's a lot more stigma around what empathy means and how important and whether it's beneficial to actually show empathy. And sometimes it can be seen as a weakness by some why do you think the
2: stigma needs to change and if so why i uh, yeah that 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 stigma of if you show kindness it's seen as, as as weakness or you know if you say sorry to someone that means that you you know you're you're, you're not you're not you're not strong inside mm. which to be all honest is absolute rubbish it mm-hmm. takes a hell of a lot more to say i'm sorry and put your hand up in business in Mm. front of a big group of people
0: Mm. who are
2: judging you than Mm. it is to just say no i was right all the time it is trust me and sometimes it's even harder to do it on on email you know because they can't gauge your voice they can't gauge your your sincerity sometimes Mm -hmm. um and then a lot of the time i've made mistakes i've made bad judgments I've not read the brief correctly and (laughs) and, and got the delivery date wrong or or missed out uh, you know some sort of important item and you know with that it's 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 got to be you know you say apologize and and have empathy because we, we are all human we are all you know we're not robots, but I think society tries to make us like robots, you know, the processes that you've got to go through. But, yeah. you know, you we've, we've all got to be understand that, okay, it's fine. Nobody, no catastrophe, you know, yeah. what you've done can be fixed.
0: Mm. I
2: rather trust somebody, and I think I speak for a lot of people, I try to trust somebody who will outwardly say they've done something wrong Mm, yeah, at the start of when they've realised it, rather than later on down the line when yeah. it's a lot more difficult to fix. Mm. Because mm. I, I, I completely understand that not everything best laid plans. They always don't go to blood plan. Something's mm. going to go wrong. Technology goes wrong, you yeah. know. And if mm. something's missed off, something. Well, okay, great, fine, but how do we fix that? And how do you fix that together?
0: Mm. You know, somebody
2: who. Has done something wrong or hasn't brought something to the table and you point the finger at them just because everybody else is pointing the finger at them Mm. well who's the strong one
1: yeah this is why i think like this is such a challenge for leaders and this is something that leadership needs to address whatever that way that is through training development self-reflection self-awareness because it really does impact those that you're leading and impacts teams. And I think also becoming more aware and accepting that, as you said, we're not robots, we're yeah. human beings. We might have a role, we might have a job title where we're expected to deliver certain things, but not asking skill sets don't lie in absolutely everything. You yeah and everything that's just like ridiculous so knowing our strengths and our weaknesses and being quite open about that means that we can then ask for help and seek support and actually you know, I'm not good at doing like I'm not I'm a good organizer but admin wise we have be like mm, I, you know, I get being a bit impatient yeah. <laughs> I'm bored yeah. admin. <laughs> and I, but sometimes it's a big part of the event planning and it, it was yeah. a big part of my job but now obviously I work for myself I'm like right do you know what not that great at that part I'm going to openly admit it and ask for support and if we're all more open to being vulnerable, vulnerable around our skills, strengths, and weaknesses, then we can actually all support each other more and actually push yeah. forward in a more cohesive way and get more done. Be more innovative. Absolutely. More and also, as
2: leaders, as you know, you go up the, you know, the, the the hierarchy chain. I think it's also important and vital when you've got a team to always ask, "Do you need help?" Because sometimes those individuals. For, find it very difficult to ask for help because they don't want to be seen as as weak but as a good leader you should be able to open up and say guys if, if you need help with anything at all, my door's always open have those open channels of communication have regular one-to-ones that you don't talk about work you just talk about How's your day? How are the kids? How's the family? What have you got planned? That's when you start breaking down those barriers and start getting to know the person and making that person feel comfortable with you so that when they do need help, they're going to ask for it, you know?
1: We never know what's going on behind closed doors, do we? So somebody who might usually work or behave in a certain way, all sorts could be happening at home and just not like digging around into people's personal lives but i think yeah. we also need to be aware of that and you've that culture as you're saying that Absolutely. open culture where people feel they can come to wh- whoever that person might be who's in a leadership or a hr role yep. or whatever that is you know at least we can then start making um adaptions changes or just have some understanding of why that person might not be on their game at that moment in
2: exactly time.
1: and some yeah. of us are so scared of being like well do you know what actually i can't afford to pay my bills right now actually shitting myself yeah yeah it's not at the moment or whether somebody wants you know chrysanthemums and their bloody flower like <laughs> flower <laughs> on the table i know it's my job but i need to say perhaps why i'm not as excited at the moment or as yeah. working as quickly because this is actually happening so yeah
2: yeah
1: I don't know. I'm so for those soft skills in the workplace around soft skills, which are more important than ever now, around you know, being able to speak to people, being able to show vulnerability, empathy, yeah. creating inclusive environments, understanding how to communicate, have conversations, <coughs> read read body language, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I think so important as leaders. It so what right. notice um, is lacking in our industry, would you say, um, with regards to support for men? in the industry so I mean we do we talk about well-being and wellness um, and it is for all it's not aimed at women for example but some of the activities can feel a bit fem- female orientated perhaps to some some men who aren't used to those sort of things um is there a way that we can change that messaging or thing, different things that we can do approaches that we can have that will give more support to men in the events industry which is one of the most stressful industries of the planet and we expect male leaders to be like you know always on it yeah yeah that vulnerability i i i think
2: there needs to be a lot more inclusiveness with with men having a network where they Mm -hmm. can actually speak to each other openly um Mm -hmm. just because a lot of the time you know it's you know there needs to be forums where as a certain level let's say um what you say is not judged you're not judged upon what you say you know if you're a ceo of a company and you see this more and more now where you've got ceos going i had a mental breakdown today and i yeah. and you see so many people gathering around and saying good on you wonderful that you've come out with it but why does it take for yeah. him to go on social media to announce to the world that he's got mental mm-hmm. why can we not do this in a local forum where do you know what that probably be, won't be his only day that he has that but he felt that day what about the next time is he going to go out and and say that again and what sort mm-hmm. of support is he getting after that the aftercare of it you yeah. know and, and actually what you find is that you probably have conversations with other men who have been in the same situation who then you could build that allyship with and be that mm-hmm. friend that do you know what? Today I woke up in a big really dark place. Oh, you've, you've got 10, 10 minutes for a, for a quick chat. You I know. feel like
1: we always have, like not always, but we have quite a lot of women's networks, um, women in events or you know, yeah. women working and things yeah. like that. And there isn't really that for... for I, I, I think
2: yeah. because there's always been that, that, that's, that, that issue with the you know, the, with with the diversity at the top of not enough women, and that's quite right, there aren't enough women on, on senior board levels. Mm. But also as well, it's that worry, I think, that, oh, if we start concentrating on the men, that means we're taking away the attraction of this issue with, with females. Well, no, there is an issue there, but also let's not forget about, the men on these levels well because it's stressful as well and mm-hmm. there are people on the on uh, you know c-suite levels that really do champion female you know female yeah. in, in power um mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm for one that always uh, power love to see it it, it it dumbfounds me that in this country it was only what 60 years ago that b- women couldn't vote um, Oh, geez, right mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. It, I, I think we need to also understand that men can break down sometimes that we
0: you know the shoulder the shoulder
2: you know the world is sometimes feels like it's on our shoulders to carry and there's yeah. an expectation of men to perform a certain way, to be a certain level, to have have that. I am strong and I'm but sometimes yeah. when you close the door at night, God almighty, and you just flop and you just go, God, <laughs> you yeah. know. And then do it all again tomorrow
1: it's i think there's this like piece that we're missing as perhaps women in that we're we're seeking change we're seeking equality we're seeking all of these things and we do have a you know a lot of support from everybody to help facilitate that but actually there's an additional support piece that if we supported men as well we'd probably get what we want a lot quicker I don't, mean <laughs> to make a decision. I don't mean it like that but i um, mean <laughs> because if, then it brings everybody to a similar level of thinking and being yeah. and sharing so we don't yeah. have to have these hierarchy kind of ways of behaving Absolutely. which i think would level us out a little bit
2: yeah. I, yeah I i i agree with you so much and i try to you know i, I had a conversation i had um i say a discussion but I, I asked my kids the other day um guys who, who's who's the head of the family um, and they didn't quite get me. I was like, what are you talking about, Dad? I said, who's the head of the family? And they said, uh, Mummy. Uh, and I said, no. I said, Daddy? I said, no. And they said, the cat? I said, definitely <laughs> the cat. Bob I said,
0: next oh,
2: door? <laughs> yeah. I said, and then they didn't quite get me. And I said, well, there is no head of the family because we're all as important as each other. You've mm. got to understand the importance of that you know that that cogs are turning and when one of those cogs don't turn or they're not turning as fast as they should be mm. well there's an issue there and then we have to address those issues and we have to make sure that all those cogs are working in harmony with each other and when you've got that you your your output is so much better mm. you know yeah. your output is so much more fruitful and you know by opening up you know this 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 this, this kind of barriers that we have of, you know, men being at the top, and mm. it's, it, it, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah. It's
1: not serving yeah. anyone, is it? Essentially, it's not. It's not. Oh, yeah. You know,
2: we're 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 limiting that 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 pool of experience and resource to just one gentleman, let's say. Mm. But I think you know there needs to be more conversations with with men and more networking just for men.
1: Out, I love that. Yeah. I love that idea. So and I true. think that's definitely something that should happen. And mm. I'm just thinking about two uh, examples where you touched upon where people have come out and actually spoken or men have come out and spoken about mental health issues or been vulnerable. And they're two different ends of the scale. And one was when the um, Monzo founder and like CEO basically resigned Yeah. was like suffering hugely from my mental health. And There's actually a podcast where he talks about the fallout around that and the support that he was given, how he felt, how he got to that point. Really interested to hear the thought process, but also hear the positivity around how he was supported mm. and how his role then was adapted. And then on the other side, you've got somebody, and I, I can't remember who the person was, but basically posted on LinkedIn, him very upset, kind of, yeah, I think he was crying, um, and talking about how he had to make people redundant, and people were, you know, gunning him, say to him, they're like, this is all a bit fake, he was being like, yeah. drunk, you know, on camera for the sake of it like why you just, you know, you're just doing this for clout, why you, mm. even, the way you were presenting this is, yeah, it doesn't come across as genuine and people really dragged him over that. So you're like, oh, well, what are people supposed to do then? Because like, exactly. I be feel like, oh God, now I'm scared to because I feel like people are going to be, unfaking it. And yeah. then the other ones are too scared because like, I don't know how I'm going to be judged. I don't know. I don't have an answer really. That was it's, just an example of It is, of it is like it's,
2: it's, it's quite scary to put your vulnerability out there because of the worry of how you will be judged um because how do you know if i'm being sincere or not i mean you don't know me no. you know and again we, we are a bit too quick to judge um and to point the finger um so yeah i've
1: got a question to finish off for you with and it's like no pressure here at all because really like the answer to this is yeah it's, it's, a, it's a challenge it's a challenge if there was a like male support slash networking group what activities do you think would need to happen within that group what would you foresee so say if you were going to set something up you'd be like right we're all going to hang out together you, this isn't this, this what would you <laughs> what would you suggest or think would be something that's good to include
2: i would probably when was the last time that you cried mm. Because that's an important thing. Because crying is an emotion. It's a release of anxiety, of pain, of frustration, of burden. And when you cry, it mm. sets off so many chemicals. And sometimes just to cry is just to get it out. Mm. You know, when was the last time that you shouted? Mm. You know, ever the big, you know, and just release all that stress. Mm. Um yeah. and you know what is it that you know that you could change? you know, if you had that magic wand, what is it that you would change
0: mm. that would make
2: it all better if, if if there was one thing that you could change? Mm. And how can you make this magic wand? Is it possible to have this magic wand? Can you get to that point? Mm. And, you that, you know, sharing the best practices out there is, is is so, so strong, because what you'll find is that loads of people have been in your situation before, yeah. and they probably have a coping mechanism that they've, you know they've they've created over the years that works for them and it might be a starting point for that individual to go do you know what mm-hmm.
0: it's
2: not bad that's not bad uh, you know starting point for me you know yeah. when your day gets stressful what do you do how do you cope with it do you just go for a long walk do you go for a cycle you know, mm-hmm. you know for bag. A fag or, or whatever <laughs> it is, or do you speak to people? Do you speak to your person? Mm-hmm. Do you need somebody to speak to who won't judge you? Sometimes speaking to a complete stranger is, is a lot easier than speaking to your friends. It's kind of like because you don't know me, you won't necessarily judge me on the same level as my friends would. You yeah, know or, or my family would
1: notion because they can always relate things yeah. back to something whereas this person would just look at it objectively exactly. but i really would envisage sort of seeing some sort of conversation where people can have a safe environment to yeah. share I, i've obviously have like sessions around people sharing their stories around vulnerability or Experiences that they've gone through and the experiences that they're still in or have come out of, so everyone can yeah. see. As you said, we've probably all got similar things going on here. Absolutely. Like, nothing to be ashamed of. And then practicing how to actually have conversations around this and and how to share vulnerability. So kind of teaching those skills. Yeah. I think.
2: Yeah, I'd also like to see that where you leave your your title at the door, whether you're yeah. a CEO, whether you're an executive whether you're an intern leave your titles at the door because here they don't mean mean anything we are just human beings we just you know people here that have a a a pain inside that we need to release whatever the pain that is whatever that you Mm. know anxiety is whatever that difficulty that you're having inside leave your titles at the door because we're just Mm. all equal here you know, and that's where then we start getting the inclusion part that everybody has the right to be. Everybody has a right to their own feelings and no one here is allowed to judge on how you feel or what you said. But understanding each other more and listening. Yeah. I, think, I think continuous listening is, I think, one of the big factors that we need to to train ourselves.
1: To do. Listening and self reflection, I think, are the two pieces of self awareness, three pieces. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um But thank you so much. Oh, I mean, it's my pleasure. You know, this, like networking group happened, I would be all supportive of that. <laughs> I think it's like, a great idea. But thank you so much for your time and speaking to us quite honestly and openly about your experiences. And hopefully, it's like resonate with some people, bring up some questions I or ideas. So. And thank you for your time. Thank you. Um,
0: your host Gabby and you're listening to Diversity Alliance Talks, the show where we discuss and address those common and sometimes uncommon challenges that need prioritising and authentically working towards to have a real change that impacts society through the events we plan and deliver. To help us on the journey, we speak with diverse people who have lived experience of how inclusivity, equity and accessibility directly affects them in the workplace, events and beyond as well as speaking with experts who work to make those communities' experiences better so that we can learn from them. Diversity Alliance Talks is about sharing ways for our listeners to develop awareness, knowledge, understanding, and empathy, helping individuals and organisations to put in place authentic practices that instigate change. Events have the power to educate, change society, and potentially change lives. So, let's go.